this week uh, on Upworthy.com, I watched a video of a of a dad, a single dad that that holds classes for for other single dads and and teaches them how to style their daughter's hair. Uh, teaches them about braids and buns and uh, different things like that. And and watching a dad teach other dads to braid their daughter's hair can rub up against traditional stereotypes. But for the dad who has become the primary caregiver of his little girl, those braiding classes become invaluable. And perhaps these types of things are the, are the new and the next outreach opportunities for the Western church. Today we continue with our series titled Every Season of Life. But this week we tackle a difficult season that not everyone has to walk through, the season of being a single parent. Every year under the circumstances of death or divorce, thousands of parents face the responsibility of raising a child or children on their own. These situations are always filled with pain and heartache for the parents, but also for the children. Not to downplay the struggle of being a single dad, but the greater crisis in Western society seems to be for our single moms. According to Statistics Canada, about 8 in 10 lone parent families were female lone parents. Single females account for 12.8% of all census families, while lone male parent families represented 3.5% of all census families. Jennifer Barnes Maggio, uh, author of a book titled The Church and the Single Mom and writer for the Christian Broadcasting Network, stated this, The single mom is one of the fastest growing sects of our population, so why have we, the church, ignored them for so long? 67% of single moms currently do not attend church, many citing fear of judgment as the key. Dare we open a Sunday school class exclusively for single moms, a Bible study, or even a full-scale ministry? This morning, we're not going to shy away from the difficult realities of this season of life. What daily struggles are single parents facing? What answers can we find in Scripture? How can the church provide assistance, and what is the Christian response? Let's start by looking at the widowed single parent. I have two accounts to share, one from one a biblical example from the book of 1 Kings, and then I have one cultural example from my journey in ministry. Let's look at the big, biblical account first. So 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. To set the stage, being uh, widowed with children in biblical times was a truly tragic ordeal, especially if the father was the one that passed away. Despite laws to care for widowed mothers, it was a constant struggle to feed and clothe their children. And during times of war or famine, widowed mothers were left to fend for themselves, which often it ended in death. That's just the way it was. And First Kings, First Kings tells us of such a widow, tells us, tells us of such a scenario. In chapter 17 of First Kings... We read this. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. 
So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You see, Elijah was a prophet, God's messenger to the people of Israel. Sustaining Elijah's life was essential to God's greater plan. And all of a sudden, the single mom and her son, who no one cared about, who people would have just left to die, but all of a sudden, this, this woman, the single mom, is brought into God's greater plan and now recorded for us in Scripture. She was brought into something greater. There was no more wheat to, gr- to gather and grind for flour. There was no more olives to pick and press for oil. And yet, this widow's faith and submission to Elijah as a prophet of God sustained her life. A single parent's faith in the Lord sustained her. Faith in the Lord sustained her. But what's it like to be a widowed single parent in today's culture? In my ministry journey, I was blessed to serve a four-year term in Alaska. While there, I met a single mom who faced a terrible circumstance, and yet she remained faithful. She endured, and she continues to endure in faith. In preparation for this message, I touched base with her and uh, over Facebook, and though she will remain nameless, she has given me permission to tell her story. She and her husband had been married for almost eight years, but they had been dating for five years before that since they were age 16. They had a little boy who was 18 months, and she was five weeks pregnant with her little girl. She actually passed the pregnancy test just before just days before he left for his trip. And the two of them were actually the only ones who knew she was pregnant at that time. Unfortunately, her husband did not make it home. His bush plane crashed and uh, her husband was killed. Obviously, she was devastated and grief-stricken. There was a time for healing and, and that needed to take place, and the process began as she put her life back together. I asked her to recount some of what she was thinking, feeling, and working through during those difficult first years, and and what she still struggles with, becoming a single mom out of tragedy. Here's some of what she said. She said this, I struggled with God being love when he took my best friend and number one provider for the family. I was too heartbroken to marry at first, then just too overwhelmed with making life work, mother and career woman. 
then there was no one I felt like was worth dating. I know that sounds harsh, but all the single Christian men weren't single anymore. I can say that I know God is there for us in a special way that he might not for, quote, whole families. He always provides for us. I don't know how to explain it. I also know that I consider our family whole. I won't date unless someone can join into our lives and make it better. I work full-time, care for my kids full-time, and care for the house. Dating is not something I'm opposed to. I just don't have time for it. And if, quote, he doesn't make us better, then we are good without him. He has to love the Lord, my kids, and me. I've not found this man yet, but I'm praying and waiting for if or when. In the meantime, I also don't stop living. We go on at least one vacation a year, and I trust God to care for us then too. And it might sound small, but landing in Hawaii in the dark when you don't know where you're going and thinking you might be sleeping in a Safeway parking lot in a rental car till light with just two small kids, well, that takes faith. I still don't have answers, but I have faith. Ultimately, I have to have the hope of heaven of God's eternal love for me, my kids, and our complete yet separated family. Now that's a faith-filled single mom. In our culture, the temptation is for the single parent to settle for anyone who will take them. As loneliness takes hold of their heart, unhealthy thoughts can slip into their minds. They start to think, if I can just get someone that'll accept my kids, I'll take whoever I can get. And too often, these, these thoughts, they just lead to heartache. Choosing a partner that is passionate about Jesus seems to keep coming up throughout this series, if you've been listening, over and over and over again. The standard for a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, uh, uh, anyone that we're romantically involved in, the standard just keeps coming up that Jesus is first. That Jesus' standard is first. Now I read this testimony from a single mom who is faithfully setting Jesus' standard for herself and her children as as the highest bar. That, That is what needs to be fulfilled. And yet she endures daily struggles, maintaining both roles of primary caregiver and primary provider. Once again, we see a single parent's faith is sustaining her. Faith is sustaining single parents. Becoming a single parent after the death of a spouse is a tragical ordeal. But divorce is the more prevalent cause of single parenthood. And too often, divorce takes place under situations of marital unfaithfulness, abuse, neglect, or abandonment. And these situations are so difficult to navigate biblically. But sometimes, divorce takes place simply because a husband and wife follow the love, don't like each other, and choose to part ways. And these are the situations that have been the greatest struggle within the church. And really, it's no surprise when the Bible standard for divorce directly collides with our cultural point of view over and over and over again. 
as a pastor, divorce is always a difficult topic because my calling is to abide by and promote this book called the Bible in its entirety, in its entirety. So people don't often like the answers that I'm compelled to give them. So how do I approach the topic of divorce? How do I approach the topic of divorce single parents with a biblical view? How do I preach about this? Well, before I do, I want to give this caveat. Again, caveat. In order to unpack the next section, I have to list a few passages of Scripture that can be uncomfortable and perhaps even painful depending on your life circumstance. Please understand that my goal is not to argue the topic of divorce, but to learn how to care for single parents who have experienced divorce regardless of why that divorce took place in the first took place. So, for this next section I will proceed biblically. I have to, but I will try to proceed sense with sensitivity. And once I reach my conclusion, you'll see my goal. Let's work through biblical divorce and the cultural response. <laughs> 